Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. We were in this series. Um, we've been in this thing. <clears throat> excuse me, back to the basics. And we've been walking in faith, and we've been walking in pressing through storms, and we've been walking through handling tests and trials. And a couple weeks ago, I was talking about the tests and trials, how God led, man, I don't know about this, but this is crazy, how God led Jesus through the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tested, to be tried, to almost be tempted And we understand that he came out the other side with victory. And we know that God's not really in the testing game. I really don't believe God's in the testing game because if there's a thought of failure, love is not involved with it. Okay? So this is why I'm a real strong, God ain't a tester. He doesn't bring a test. Now, you could find this. You could find it. Let's see. I knew this was going to happen. That's why sometimes when I go searching for notes, I go, I don't know what it is with me. You know, sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then we go one way, and then I start getting, like, a little bit squirrely with it. Like, I don't know where we're going. I know why. So let's do this. Let's go to the King James, and let's go to James 1 and 2. Okay, James 1 and 2. (coughs) And we're going to see something, because you got to see. Because this is the thing. He explains it, and he breaks it down. And this is where I take my theology from. I don't take my theology from experience. Never. That's where people get messed up. They take their theology out of experience and go, well, it doesn't line up. No, you need to allow your theology to create your experience. Don't let your theology, listen to me, I'm explaining that. Don't let your experience tell me your theology. Let your theology talk to me about your experience. Because people go living off experience, but experience isn't line upon line. So you can't say, well, I know God did. No, 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 no. Now watch this and let's break this down. So Jesus got led to a place of testing. We know that. That was Luke, right? Luke 3, Luke 4, he said he led him into the wilderness. Now, you got to understand something. That's his journey. Is that okay? Now, here's a big one, and I'm going to say this. Sometimes we look at the life of Job and go, oh, that's why I got what I got. That was Job's experience. I know we can identify to see God's faithfulness in the lives of others, but that doesn't mean I got to go through the pain that Job went through being a believer. We're a New Testament church with New Testament realities with the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, man, we got to live in that epistle side of life because everybody tries to get you living in the week. Now, I'm not saying throw it out. We can look back to it as a shadow of God's faithfulness, but you got the authority to believe her in the New Testament. You're a brand new creature in Christ. You got power. I'm going to say something here, yeah, and I like it. You got power Jesus wasn't working with. Now, what, what you mean? He gave me and you. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't operate. He was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So we knew there was things that were going to happen before he got here because of who he was. And it was given to him like Abraham was credited righteousness. It was given to him because of what he was going to do on the cross. But I got news for you. you. He didn't have resurrection power. Let me explain. The time you see resurrection power was when he rose Lazarus from the dead. 
and he implemented resurrection power to show them a side of him they never seen before, but they really weren't gonna partake of it. I am the resurrection and the life. If you come to me here, you're gonna see this after I'm what? At the cross, where you guys can live in resurrection power all the time. I'm gonna go pay the price, and I, now watch, on the cross, right? He says, it's finished. I fulfilled the Abrahamic covenant, and I fulfilled the law. But now I got to go get authority back. They didn't have authority like that. Jesus had authority like that. All the disciples didn't have authority. They used his name to get authority like that. But in their position, it was given by what? Because of what he was going to do. We've been made it. The New Testament believer has been made right. They got righteousness put on them. We've been made righteousness. They got authority put on them. We've been made the authority of God in Christ Jesus in the earth. I'm telling you, this is true, man. You're a different breed, man. There ain't one like you in the earth. Jesus then, right, because of resurrection power, greater works will you do. How am I going to do greater works if I don't have greater power? He gave you that resurrection stuff. He was happy to do it. Now, the church is living defeated because we live in our Adamic mindset instead of living in a Jesus mindset, and then you wonder what happens. So then we go, well, I'm getting tested. You're not getting tested with the thought of failure. You're getting tested with the thought of promotion. You better write that down. Everybody, well, you know, ooh, I failed the test. You did not fail the test. You cannot be promoted yet because there ain't no failure in God. I'm ready for my next opportunity. You know, I got somebody, they were close. They could not pass this test. They had this test. And now some of you know what I'm talking about. They're not in the church. You don't know, but, you know, they got a friend like that. Like, I took the bar seven times. You know, like, you got that one person. They get stage fright with tests or something like that. I had this one buddy, man. He took this test, like, so many times. It was almost, it was becoming comical. I'm like, dude, but he had to pass the test. And I was like, look, you didn't. He's like, oh, I failed it. I said, you didn't fail it. You learned how to get better at it. You know what I mean? They got to go write up a new one for you because you took the thing like six times. I don't even know how many, how many opportunities. You probably took one of them over again. You took from the beginning. By the time they go through this thing, how many times are they going to give you a new test, you know? So what happened was we laughed about it, but it was funny. But think about this. Is there really failure in the kingdom? No, there's learning. So now I want you to see this. Hey, look what it says in verse 2. We're going to read it in the King James. King James, we're going to read about 14 verses. So we're going to go, my brethren, count in all joy, when you landed these diverse temptations. We read this last week, remember? Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Now we all know what I say about patience. Just a little patience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like it. But I've learned to get comfortable in it. Write that down. You have to learn to become comfortable in patience. Patience is quiet. That's why people don't like it. Patience is really quiet. But God speaks in the quiet. See, that's what happens with patience. You got to like sit still. You can't go nowhere. And that's why people don't like it because they want to be moving. Because a lot of people think, and I've seen people, man, I'm going to tell you right here now, this is church people right here. And I've seen this a lot. And I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to give you the secret of success. Church people think movement means growth. That is the lie. Most people cannot articulate in the spirit transition. Tra they don't know the difference between transition and transformation. They're very similar. 
but you don't have as much transition as your life in your life as you do transformation in your life. But because they do not understand transformation and because they don't like the effects of the obedience it's going to take for transformation, they call it transition and leave. Happens all the time. So what they do, and usually you want to know what happens when you're in transformation? God starts tweaking your decision-making, your character, your faithfulness, and your obedience to the call. And usually what you do is you blame someone for your lack of spiritual discipline because the transformation process is all about spiritual disciplines. So what you do is you go, because see, you're the one who wasn't going to Bible school, not me. Now look at, I'm just being honest with you. You're the one who wasn't obeying what God was telling you in the secret seasons of life, not me. I got my own journey. You know what I'm saying? But then you'll give this. Well, you know, I just don't feel like I belong in the church over there. I'm going to go in the new church. See, this is what they do. They think it's growth. Listen, if you've been, I'm going to tell you now, it, I, don't, I don't believe this church business baloney. I think you got one church, you got one voice, you better go find it, get there, and don't leave. Now, you can say, because you're saying that because you're the pastor. Now, I ain't saying that. I'm saying that because I'm the man of God. I do not believe that nonsense. Was you've been to six churches in 10 years, and you're going to tell me? No, you just ain't found it yet. You have to find the voice that unlocks your potential. You're not going to always like me. My gift is your reward. My humanity, that's your test. You understand that? Because you'll be like, well, Pastor Chris, you little, well, guess what? My humanity is your test. And I'm going to tell you right here now, that's the most dangerous place for you is to become corrective in my humanity. Because once you get there, God, I'm going to tell you right here now, God does not play with that stuff. That's why the best thing you could do is the things that you do not like about people in spiritual authority, don't say nothing about it. You're better off not saying nothing because the minute you slip out, and I know, so, well, you know, if it's, it doesn't make a difference. Even if the character behavior is wrong, you're not in a place to correct it because any kind of correction up is constant rebellion. People don't realize this stuff. I'm, I, listen, man, if I start teaching this stuff the way you need to hear it, it's going to help you really get authority. But this is what happens. People want to critique stuff. God never asked you. But people want to give their opinion, and then the church wants to blame generations before why they could say what they want to say. And No, nah, God is a God of order, man. That's why most people's lives are screwed up, because they don't understand there's a spiritual order to everything. The only reason why I am sitting in what I'm sitting in and getting ready to do more is because I understood the element of spiritual authority. It's the truth, because I understood. See, because even when Noah was naked, there's stuff you don't talk about. Ham, Shem, and Japheth thought it was cute. Ham really did. He thought it was cute to expose the nakedness of his father in a moment, and it cursed his life forever. And it cursed a generation in a people group forever. One mistake not even really not the truth. He's hammered. Shem and Japheth walked in backwards and covered their father's nakedness not to expose themselves to his weakness. Ham put it on PBS and published it out, and God said, because 
of your dishonor, your curse for life. He didn't take it back. It's still a curse in the earth. You, oh, God, don't take it serious? The church dumbed it down. You want to know why the church dumbed it down? The church dumbed it down because we thought, and this is true. Now, watch this. The church thought, well, if you preach it at that level of authority, these people ain't. And then you got, you got people that manipulated it that'll pay a price. See, I'm smart enough to know you're not my judge. God's going to be my judge. Now, here's where this skewed teaching in the body of Christ from, from, from people I don't think should open their mouth because they're, gonna, they're accountable for it. Let me tell you right here now, if you preach this watered-down thing and you have people, because watch this, I will be extreme. You'll hear my mouth. My mouth will sound extreme. My mouth is not extreme. Not at all. I'm more line upon line biblically presenting this than you've heard it. Well, you know, I got a right to an opinion. No, you don't. I got a right to this. No, you don't. You got a right to live within the word of God and the order of God if you want the blessings of God. But most people say, well, I want to come up. Man, David said, even though Saul is in a wrong spirit and a wrong action, David, when he touched him, repented because he knew what he did was wrong. And he said, I'm not going here. Now, when you start bringing it that deep, and this is not for you to go, oh, Pastor Chris, you're trying. No, what I'm trying to tell you, that's why your, your, your life needs to get in an order. And once your life gets in an order, now you'll be the person of authority God called you to be. I've never had more authority in my life until I came under it. That's the secret of it. You're never really giving anything up to get under authority you're gaining power. That's what the Roman centurion said. The Roman centurion was a one-time hearer, guys. There's no doubt in my mind. He didn't even know if it was the will of God to heal his guy. He said, but I understand authority. He said, and because I see the position of authority that I understand in this realm, when I got to that realm, I know who you are. I say it, it's got to be done. Don't even come to my house, just speak a word. See, you can't get that kind of voice of, Jesus said, I haven't seen faith like this, not even in Israel, not even with the guys I'm rolling with. Why? Because they were not really submitted to his authority at the level the Roman centurion was, and the authority was in his words. Those guys, even though were with him, even though they were there, they were not as submitted as this guy was with the instruction. He said, I ain't seen faith like this. And you know what's funny? Funny how the guy said nothing about faith, but he said, I see the element of authority in your life, and because I understand authority, I now became the man of faith. He was subjecting himself to whatever Jesus said. And that made him a man of power and faith. You see this? Telling you, people don't realize this stuff. It's important, man. And that's why when you get there, you have to realize that these are, these are serious things. And then, you know, like you get people in the church like, well, you know, authority. Authority gets delegated. Why can you not, why do you have a problem? Most people have a problem with rebellion. They really do, they rebel. That's why this nonsense going on in America, stop labeling this stuff, you're right, your cause, you're this, you're that. You're rebellious, be quiet. Don't try to give me this pseudo uh, cause conscious baloney. People are rebellious and they wanna, they wanna voice their rebellion because of all these other shenanigans and then try to label it as it's a, it's a right thing. Give me a break. It's not a right thing. You know it and I know it. But if you're not careful, you get sucked into it. Is it not true? Sure, it's true. Because here's the thing. As long as I'm going to try to 
do all this and do all that and get all this and get all that. And no, you're, you're, you're ridiculous. And then the church is supposed to sit there and be quiet? No way. It's rebellion. And now here's the thing. And I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm being serious, and you got to go slow. I know it gets like this. We did that whole thing, that, that Romans 13, and we might even get there, that whole Romans 13. Hey, it is what it is, man. You know what I'm saying? You could only push so far. And then you got to go, look, I can't go there. You know what I'm saying? Because as long as it's found not outside of the word of God, right? You can't, what am I going to do? I got to walk in love. I got to do what I got to do. It's, 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 it's good. It'll be good. I, it, this, this, this angle we're taking today is about you understand <clears throat> that if I'm in a test and I'm in a trial and God's leading me through, then I got to pass this place for promotion Here's the number one way to do it. I got to understand where it's coming from, and then I got to position myself right. Man, I got buddies. Funny, my buddy just called me today. The guy just texted me yesterday, and he's wanting to get together. He's in Orlando, and he made me laugh. I was like, man, how was it when you were coming? He's like, oh, man, one day I was just chilling out. I was hanging out, and uh, I was in the ministry, and um, and um, we, were, we were hanging, and the ministry called, and we were there. We were just chilling, and they're like, oh, they need somebody to go somewhere. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. And I was like, well, you were... <laughs> He goes, yeah, he goes, they called. I said, oh, yeah, they need somebody to go overseas. And uh, I was there, and they said, all right, we'll call back. And, like, five minutes later, I was, on a, I was getting ready to get out. They were telling me I'm getting on a plane on Monday, and I'm going to India. <laughs> I'm thinking, cool, that sounds cool. How long did you go for? Like, I'm thinking, like, a month, two months. He's like, oh, yeah, two years. I said, what What'd you say? <laughs> two years? Yeah, two years. Two years, I went, and I did this. I said, how was it? There was nothing there, and we had to ground and pound and push. Because and, when I went, all their ministry stuff was there, and I was like, how, were you guys there? That's how this whole story started. Like, oh, yeah, two years. I mean, you know, you don't get to do sometimes what you want to do when you're on the assignment that God's given you. You don't get to do what you want to do when you're on the assignment God gave you. You don't get to say what you want to say. You know what I mean? I got people, you know, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing this. No, 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 no. I got friends. I'm going to tell you what. I was in this room. They're, they're probably watching. I was in this room. You want to laugh? This is how you know. This is how you know me. And they don't ever question me because I'm, I'm off the wall, right? I'm in this room with these, these guys. These guys were just, they got it going on. They're financially skyrocketing. There's probably like, the place was a couple million bucks, let alone, you know what I mean? Like what was in the room, you know what I'm saying? And I'm in there and one of my partners took me and he said, I'm gonna let you loose. And he goes, you know what? He goes, I mean, doctors, lawyers, uh, business owners, bond guys, just everything you think of. Man, it's dripping from top to ceiling. I was, at, I was at the other thing in Orlando one time, a couple of days back, uh, the head of the news station, Fox, power guys, guys, power guys got stuff, right? And literally, my, my buddy on the way home, he's like, you know what's, he goes, dude, he goes, you are wild. I go, why? He goes, you don't even care. I said, listen, man, my assignment in life is not, I don't care. I'm not saying to brag. I'm not bragging. But you know what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to get you to see something. I got to do my assignment. If I go in there and don't do my assignment, then I'm accountable to God. Why would I not just do my assignment? He's like, dude, you don't care. You're just getting in these people's face and you're telling them the truth and you're getting real and raw and you're just doing your thing. And I laughed about it because I said, why would I not be what I am everywhere else just because I'm in a different environment? 
Because this is what happens with people. You start compromising because of outside pressure from other things. Ooh, this, I'm at the, you know, I went there, invited me to one thing. I said, if I can't say in the name of Jesus, I ain't going. Well, you know what it is? I don't care what it is. But you can go to the White House. You can go to the Super Bowl. You can go, I don't care where, where I can go. If I can't say the name of Jesus, I don't want to go. I'm not going to pray in the name of God and pray these goofy prayers that just make people feel good about it. Well, that's not your conviction. Didn't have your own conviction. Leave me alone. I'm not compromising nothing. This is what authority is. Whose authority are you under, man or God's? Yeah, that's what I'm saying right there. But I'm going to tell you right now, though, you ready for this? Well, if you, you start compromising there, when the devil shows up, you ain't casting no devil out. See what I'm saying? This is what happens with this authority thing. You start compromising in this arena, and then you become a little bit light in that arena. You get a little silly in that arena. You get a little goofy in that arena. Next thing you know, you're walking out. You don't even have the power you had because you're like people-friendly. People-friendly and God-ignorant. No way, man. No way. Now, I'm, not, I'm, ta- I'm talking about you. Because you go through tests and trials. So let me tell you, right? So we're on that transition thing. I'm just talking to you tonight. You know, I started off talking to you, so whatever. We'll get to where we're going to go. Right? So they think, ooh, transformation. I'm transformed. Transition. No. Transformation is sit still, die, grow, lose opinions, lose attitudes, lose positions in your heart, give up your rights, become humble, and sit there in the pain and agony of death. And roll up and say nothing. Welcome to the world of metamorpho. Because that little pretty butterfly was an ugly caterpillar. Okay? And that ugly caterpillar got in that, that, that cocoon. There's work going on, man. But it ain't moving. See, you got to realize something. It's moving. It was moving on the ground. It was moving slow. It's moving when it's flying. But when it's in transformation, it's sitting still dying. That's the problem with transformation. You got to sit still and die. People cannot stand it. And this is what they do. They start looking at transition. I got to go. I got to do this. Now you're all whacked out. The ministry God spoke to you about 20 years ago, you're all pumped up about. And you mad at everybody else. And you mad about your relationships. And you're mad about that. And you mad and mad and mad. And usually then you look at me and you mad at me because you've been stuck in transformation. And now you think it's transmission. No, you need to stay in that cocoon and die. But I don't like I don't like the transformation, so I blame it on transition. They make moves, and watch what they do. They move, they leave the church, they go to a different church, they start something, they join some this, they join some group here, they do this, and watch what happens. In six weeks, they're right back where they started. They didn't grow, they went lateral. They didn't go forward, because the only way to go forward is you got to go down first and get some roots, and then you start growing up, and that's the problem. So they blame, what they do is they blame transformation, spiritual growth, attitudes of the heart, on transition, and they change something. Then y'all having a midlife crisis about all this stuff, because the wake-up clock, now you, when you're 20, you don't have many of these. You're 30, you have a little more. 40, you really start becoming a problem. 50, you're all a nightmare. 
Because all the things, they say, oh, you got a midlife crisis. No, it's regret of the things you didn't do, and you know time's ticking. Okay, you don't like it. Let, I'm telling you, because here's what people do. They mess up transformation for a transition, and you got to sit there in that season. You, don't, you die to your opinion. You die to your rights. You die to what you want. You die to your way. You die to your voice. You die to everything, and you follow another. And now watch this. This is why people run out of it. You're following the wrong people. Uh, I'm preaching. Uh, this is so good. This, this will be archived one of the grades. Watch. This is what happens. Who can you trust with your life? Who in the world are you going to trust with your spiritual life? I'm telling you, listen to me. You think it's the truth, though. They did it. Jesus did it. What? You sitting here fishing and mending nets. He said, leave that alone. Come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Okay. He told everybody, pick up and take up your cross and follow me. You got to be following somebody. And the problem is you want to be belonging so bad, you started following everybody and anybody. But here's the problem, though. You followed anybody and everybody because you knew you got to get in transformation. And once you get mad with that, you want to switch voices. I don't want to follow no more. You cool, but Pastor, you ain't cool no more. You bother me. You bugging me. I've been there, bro. Don't go give me this. I know. And this is where God qualifies you because until you can eat bread out of the hand of a man in the earth, you ain't eating no bread from heaven, baby, because heaven doesn't give out loaves. Men in the earth do. That's why he wants to see you follow that assignment to the fullest. But he don't know, grumble, grumpy. He wants you to change. So let patience have its purpose. So you might be in transition. Man, I'm going to tell you right now, if you get stuck in that agitated movement thing, don't make a decision. It'll be wrong. I'm telling you, listen to me. Let transformation sit you, settle you, ground you, and then have those attitude adjustments and then go, hey. And as long as nobody's telling you nothing, it's sin. That's the problem. Well, you know, I don't think that's, I don't think that's the will of God. I feel, here's what's going, right? I feel like the grace is lifted. Ooh, the grace is lifted. That's because your faith left the place. Once your faith leaves the place, grace is gone. Your faith is your belief. I don't believe I belong there. You don't believe you belong in that job? The grace will lift off that place. You don't believe you belong in those relationships? It'll lift. You don't believe you belong doing it? It'll lift. Faith and grace work together. Once you start playing with the faith... You start slipping into grace. So now you got to have patience. Have a perfect work that you may be perfect, entire, wanting nothing. Now that's big. Okay? Now he said you could be perfect. Remember we read that? Right? It says to grow in mental and moral character. Completeness. Isn't that good? That's what perfect means. Entire means this, complete in every part, perfectly sound in your body. Wanting nothing. That means you don't have that want, that desire. That thing is this. It means this, to fail or to be absent, to leave. To leave what? To leave that wantingness. You, ain't leave, you, you don't have that void. You're, you're entire. Now watch this. 
Ask God if you need wisdom, he'll give you. He upbraided not, right? Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that waver is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. He's saying, if you're going up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, you're emotional. Let not that man think he shall receive anything from the Lord. Why? He's double-minded. Now, a double-minded man is this. He's got two spirits. He vacillates from one to the other. He's double-minded. Well, one mind, he's un uncertain, he's wavering, he's doubting. With the other mind, he's convinced, he's sure, he's faithful. So how do you lose the double-mindedness? Well, you got to get to a position of faith. So here's the biggest thing of all. Watch this. He's unstable in everything. Now, what do you mean he's unstable? He's a mess. He can't make decisions. He's inconsistent. So until you get this place of agreement, you're going to have problems. Now, watch this. Okay? Now, I want to read. Now, let's just, we'll, go, we'll hop down because he says the blade of the grass comes up sooner. Look at verse 12. Blessed is the man. Like, let's look at James 1 and 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. Now, you remember temptation? Of putting to proof. So now when you see temptation, notice, temptations are me being put to the proof by experiment of good experience, right? Discipline. He's like, hey, let's test you. I know how to weld, right? I remember school, right? They put me in school, right? And they had all these classes. I cannot weld. But I remember this thing, man, they were like, oh, you'd weld, and you know, you learn how to weld, and we had shop welding, and you had all this carpentry, and I went to trade school, right? So I remember when you were getting ready to go to the thing, you had to pass tests. And I remember welding, I remember welding, because you think you're good at welding, you know what I mean? You're like, I can weld, you know what I mean? I, don't, I can't do it, so don't even ask, right? So I learned, you got like MIG welding and arc welding, and I remember, I was cool, you got, you got your eyes open. Well, they put this helmet on you. And you flip this lid down, it's like complete darkness, and the only thing you get to see is the arc. Man, I had this, I burned myself, the things, flares were going down your glove. I was like, it was miserable, it was a mess. And they're like, if you're going to make it in welding, you got to get so good to pass a test so you get certified, right? I'm like, this is a piece of junk. I couldn't even, I thought I had it figured out. And I remember, oh, I went to electrical. Electrical was even worse. You had to have all these math. I was like, I can't stand math. Right? I mean, letters and numbers mess me all up. Right? I mean, I'm not counting money and stuff like that, but I'm talking about like, you know, A equals C equals D equals pay somebody to do that. That's what it means to me. Somebody's like, well, Pesky, you should be smart like that. No, I'm smart. I'm going to pay, I got enough money to pay somebody that knows how to do trigonometry. Because I don't even know if you even use trigonometry. I don't even know if trigonometry exists. Is trigonometry even a thing that anybody even knows? Is it? I don't think so. I think it's a lie. I think all these things, are they just tell us this, and we think we need it, and I don't even know what it is. I'm kidding. Lighten up, will you? So anyway, so, right, so I'm, I lost my train of thought. No, I didn't. I was welding, and I'm doing this thing, and I'm like, I stink at this. I got to pass a test to get out the next thing. I said, I can't even do this. He's like, don't worry about it. Nobody does it right unless you really try. Now, if you want to go make a career out of this, I was like, I'm trying to go to the next class, bro. You got to pass a test to get in these things. If you're going to be a carpenter in the union, you got to pass the test. Why? Because we got to make sure you're certified before you go out there and telling people stuff about God. You ever think of that? Maybe God's got some rejects he wants to leave in the classroom a little longer. You might be a spiritual rejects. I'm done. 
you might be a spiritual reject. You got to go back and take the class over. Oh, 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 you didn't. Oh, hey, Sarno, go back. You didn't pass that love test. You're a reject. <laughs> go back. Oh, it's true, ain't it, though? God, why do I got to go through this again? You didn't pass the first time. Here comes a real winner sitting next to you at work. He's really going to try. You thought, you thought Sister Daisy over there was a real piece of work. I got the Antichrist Mike over here. He's going to wear you out at the lunchroom. God is going to get you to grow one way or the other. Okay. Blessed is the man that endures temptation. When he's tried, he shall receive the crown of life. Doesn't that sound good? Which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Okay, now watch this. Let no, now, you better, you better highlight. Let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God. Is that the Bible? For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither he tempteth any man. So right there, did the test, did the trial, did the temptation come from God? No. See what I'm saying? Test, scrutinize, endeavor, entice, discipline. He said, no. He said, God don't bring this stuff to see pass or fail. He sees promotion because of the testing. But why did the test come? Glad you asked. Every man is tempted when he's drawn away from his own lust and enticed. Now, lust, he ain't talking about sex stuff. You know, like everybody says, lust, like, oh, you're looking over there like a pervert. No. <laughs> so, did he just say that, church? Yes. And some of you got that spirit on you, you better get rid of it. Right? Along it, especially, what? He's saying what? He's not saying like lust. He's like, you want something, and because you want the something you want, now you've opened up this thing to desire, and now the tests and trials come in life. Now, it could be good or bad. Whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe, you receive. How many of you know that's, that's wanting something? Once you say, oh, God, I want to financially prosper, guess what? That's a desire of the heart. Guess what comes down? The testing to see how much you want it. Oh, I desire to be well and whole in my body. I got a doctor's part. He goes, here comes the testing to see how much you want it. The enemy will bring the trials and the tests, but desire also produces an obstacle to overcome through faith. He said, look, man, this is how you know it didn't come from God. When lust has conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it's finished, brings forth death. God don't got none of that death stuff going. Every good and perfect gift comes from my Father, far above. He doesn't change his mind. He doesn't stop doing what he's doing. Today, guys, I want you to remember this. If you're walking through, remember, time got away, seasons of life, where you're expecting God to push you through these trials and tests of life, you have to understand something. He didn't bring it. If he didn't bring it, why would you blame him for it? Position yourself in the place of authority that God has given you in the earth and overcome the obstacle you're facing with faith. My faith has overcome the world. Fight the good fight of faith and overcome in every area of your life. Don't mistake the tests and trials as God's pass or fail. 
Look at tests and trials as it's testing time. He's handing out the test, and he wants you to see the victory you found in Christ and overcome the tests of life. Some of the tests you have are because of your own desires. They're wrong. Get rid of them. Some of the desires you have that are based in the word of God are right, and now you have to hold on to that promise as you press through the opposition in the earth from the enemy from stopping you to get there. Don't be double-minded in your thinking. Be a person of purpose and be single-minded in this, that if it's before me, God has given me victory to go through. Remember we read that 1 Corinthians, we're not going to go to 1 Corinthians 10 scripture and the Passion Translation. He said he tried it, he tested it, he sifted it, he checked it out, he made sure the test that was coming, that you were able to take it, you were able to handle it, you were able to pass it, you were able to answer it, and here's the biggest thing, and if you can't, he gave you a way to get out. Ain't that the best news you heard all day? Come on, somebody. In the times of testing, in the times of transition, don't get transition confused. Don't get transition confused. Transformation and transition are two different things. When he's transforming you, don't think it's transition. Come on. Sit still. Make some smart decisions. Walk by faith and not by sight. And know this, that if it's in front of you, you can handle it with the faith God's already given you. Amen? Praise the Lord, that's good. You can take that and go with that and you run with that. Amen, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each and every person at the sound of my voice. I thank you, God. When they see transformation come on their life, they're slow to move and take their time and let you speak to them. I thank you, Lord, that transition is coming in some areas, but most of the time it's just a transformation period. Sit still, let God move in your life, let him equip you and let the authority of God be your guiding light. Father, I thank you for blessing them and keeping them and let them understand how to navigate through the Spirit the things of the Spirit of God. And as you lead them and guide them, help them, let them see and let them know everything that God has for them. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And everybody said amen, amen, and amen. Well, praise be the Lord. Hallelujah. I promise you it's going to be a great day and you're going to see great day. We're getting ready for Easter. Everybody ready for Easter at Relevant? Listen, we're getting ready. We're slipping in the Holy Week, amen. Good Friday service. We're gonna be here in the house live and in person. We're gonna have communion. It's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna be sharing a word. And don't forget Easter Sunday morning. We are so excited for you to come. Invite somebody, take somebody. Come on, go get somebody and come and be with us as we get ready to celebrate Easter at Relevant. We love you. There'll be more details up, and I promise you this, your life's taking on a whole new meaning. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.